way, people. August 1st, 2022. Welcome to Counterspin. I'm Calvin Alt. And I'm Hannah Steering. And just to note the change in broadcasting routine, we will be doing Counterspin on the Mondays and on Thursdays we'll be doing Not the Six O'Clock News. We are doing this because at the moment we do not have the resources in order to bring you more content. If you wish to help us do that, because this is your platform, there is a war on against your mind and one we intend to help you win. So if you wish to help out, set up a small AP, put through a small donation, it all helps. That way we can bring the news to you. We can counter the mainstream narrative because believe me, we are going to win this. We need your help. Let's do it. Okay, in this episode, we look at the further ongoing situation in Tokelau. Joining us to discuss the issue will be FreeNZ's Liz Gunn, an anonymous Tokelauan midwife, and of course, a New Zealand social worker concerned about the health and mental well-being of the people concerned, especially the children. Hannah? Yes, it's um, actually amazing. If any of you around the world are watching and you don't know where Tukulau mm. is, it is a tiny Pacific Island nation consisting of three atolls. There are about 1,500 people that inhabit these atolls, and it is administered by New Zealand. They are, in basically a legal sense, New Zealanders. The islands are Atafu, where there are three households who have been put on house arrest, Faka Ofo, where there are no houses, um, households on arrest, and Nukununu, where there is one family on house arrest because they haven't taken this experimental vaccine. Until recently, the um, administration head of Tokelau was David Ross Ardern, that is, of course, the father of the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Um, and now this is, of course, one of the most isolated places in the world. And what you have to remember is that this place has not had a single case of this mythical SARS-CoV-2. But a sustained effort to jab them all continues. This started, of course, last year back in July. Now, the, um, these families who have decided not to partake in this worldwide experiment are now speaking out and they have been across multiple alternative media platforms and we continue to give them a voice because we think this is one of the biggest stories because they're basically being treated like Monday lepers, Calvin. Yes, that's right. And let's just go further back there. Let's retrace our steps a little and let's address David Ross Ardern, as you all know, to be Ross Ardern. His actual name is David Rossadern. He joined the police force in 1974 uh, and he got a commissioner's commendation in 2002 for apparently talking down a man with a machete. Uh, he was commissioner of the police for New Way from 2005 to 2009. Uh, then he was the uh, New Zealand police liaison officer for the South Pacific based in Samoa from 2009 to 2013. He went back to New Way in 2014 and he was the high commissioner there. And from 2017 to June 2022, which is exactly what we're talking about now, and the very man who was in charge of the administration of Tokelau to allow all of this to unfold and no doubt had a big hand in it, um, was the administrator of Tokelau, of course, was him. Now, he was responsible, of course, for the relationship between the two countries and for delivering uh, infrastructure services like uh, internet, uh, overseeing the internet and uh, transport infrastructure. Now, let's remember, Ross Ardern is Jacinda Ardern's 
father. Now, it just goes to show while he's helping to wreck that country, she's, of course, doing a great, fantastic job wrecking this one. Um, as you all know, check your bank balance and check the price at the pump. Um, let's go back. When he was a young cop in 1974, remember, about 1973, under the Norman Kirk government, the Dawn Raids were um, brought into effect. This is where they target, targeted Pacifica people primarily, and Dawn Raids given the name because they would approach the houses at very early hours in the morning and raid them, sometimes quite viciously. In fact, that was then carried on by the National Party and then uh, lasted probably be three three years and then sporadically thereafter until it was dispensed with uh, because it wasn't becoming very popular, as you can imagine, uh, because the rest of the people started seeing how they were treated. Now, people would get pulled up on the side of the road. They would be profiled. If you had a brown face, you were pulled over the side of the road. You're interrogated just to make sure you were meant to be here. Now, there's reasons why they would come here, overstay and things like that. But that's, of course, we leave that to history. Why I'm bringing this up is because there's a clear pattern forming here now <clears throat> the same people the pacifica people okay were blamed for the widespread financial hardship people were facing and the rising unemployment when in reality in 1973 it was actually a downturn in the economy that was to blame but as usual it's a case of government wanting to shift blame create a, a racial divide have people distracted and not worry about having to address the issues because there's always someone else to blame meanwhile they're continuing an agenda that's decades in the folding and it's culminating as you can see right now uh jacinda ardern did of course apologize um i think in about june 26 last year at the auckland town hall to the togolan people um uh, for Togoland people, they should be apologizing to them, but for the dawn raids for the Pacifica people here in New Zealand. Um, and they should have uh, apologized to Māori for getting caught up in that net as well, because as you know, everyone's had that. So modern day now, we're in the same situation, but now it's the white guy's fault. So you see how it's just another recycle of the same crap being uh, formated more and more. How's that, Calvin, um, relatable to Togolau? Because once again, you have a Pacific Island nation under the administration of the very same type of people pushing the same agendas that we have here, that the whole Western world has. And if you happen to be a little isolated island country, you can quite easily be experimented on and the world doesn't know. That's why we believe it is highly important when you have people like Liz Gunn from Free and Z and you have all these public people, Daily Examiner, who else we've got. Um, a whole lot of uh, raft of other people. Forget, forgive me if I haven't um, brought you up because you're very important to bringing this story to the public, something that needs to be said. Um, you're, you're all legends in my book. So let's focus on what's going on here. Let's highlight this and let's ask what the hell is going on when you can lock down people for not wanting to take part, as um, Hannah said, in an experiment that has been absolutely proven to be harmful and killing people. Hannah? Yes, and it must also be noted that people were very desperate. So even a police officer from Tokelau was reaching out to Ross Ardern because in Tokelau, it is not, uh, although it's administered by New Zealand, it does have its own um, tribal structure. It has uh, a topolinga, so councils operate on each um at all, and they are the ones that are making the decisions based on family representatives. And so people on the islands were reaching out to Ross Ardern saying, please, can you help us? Because we are not able to be free and we do not want to take this experimental bioweapon. Uh, and he went back and forth with them. And in the end, he just would not reply. And 
this left uh, these people very, very disappointed. And um, they felt like they haven't had anybody to turn to. Hence, they have been reaching out to the media. And of course, uh, they are getting a massive pushback from that. But we'll go into that more shortly. We did want to just draw your attention to the fact that not only uh, did Ross Ardern ignore the plight of these people on house arrest. Uh, it was also Chris Farfoy. He was the former New Zealand Justice Minister. Now, his parents are from Tokelau. He did, however, grow up in Christchurch. And we just wanted to bring your attention to uh, his maiden speech in Parliament, where he said, I expect to pass through life but once. If, therefore, there be any kindness I can show or any good thing I can do to any fellow being, let me do it now and not defer or neglect it, as I shall not pass this way again. Where are you, Chris Farfoy? Mm -hmm. Where are you for the plight of these people? If if the if the, ma the majority of those islands are vaccinated, I mean, on Nukununu, there's only one family that is unvaccinated. Surely everybody else is safe. If your vaccine is this safe and effective, let these people be free. Now, every time we say something like vaccine, we actually mean jab because we know it's not a vaccine by any stretch of the imagination. If we say COVID, we know it's a mythical thing too. So just remember that because that's our been our position from the start. Yes. We have not changed it. Thank you for correcting me. Now, shall I just go into these figures in the United Nations? Yeah, that's a good idea. So New Zealand <coughs> um, has actually... Actually, I just wanted to, just before you go on with that, because that's very important, um, I just want to stress that uh, Ross Ardern, as Heather alluded to when he's getting um, communicated with, he has the unique ability just as Jacinda Ardern does, of being able to answer a question you did not ask so she can conceal information that you actually seek. And it must also be noted, he has the power to veto any of the council in Tokelau. But this power has actually never been used. So that, although he's actually resigned from that position now, uh, but the new administrator... Higgins, could, I think. Yes, could, in fact, Don Higgins, I believe, could actually uh, use this power to veto uh, this rule to put these people on house arrest. Uh, but, of course, they don't. So Tokelau was given $4.26 to assist with the COVID-19 response. On average, they actually receive $27.2 million every year in aid from New Zealand. Uh, and this rollout, of course, like I said, began last July. Now, they are expecting their first flight uh, repatriation from Samoa because it is from Samoa is the only place that you can actually enter Tokelau. Uh, you can't catch a direct flight there. They are, however, working on getting a runway and an international airport built there. Um which is going to cost another, you know, 20 odd million dollars. Now, the fact that you can't even get to Tokelau, you have to catch a boat from Samoa and the borders have been closed. It, it just, it beggars belief that they would continue to put these people on house arrest. Um, now, the United Nations has a foothold in the Pacific Islands. Uh, they... They have just recently in Tokelau actually UNESCO has actually, which is the educational, scientific, and cultural organisation. Uh, they have worked very hard to create a website to preserve the language because they have said that it is severely endangered. Uh, the United Nations, of course, keeps pushing the implementation of Agenda 2030 and the Sustainable Development Goals. They are um, heavily influencing health and education policy, gender equality 
and of course, affordable clean energy, boasting Tokelau as a leader in renewable energy, being the first 100% solar-powered nation on the planet. Given that they um, are pretty much summertime all round, summertime all year round, uh, that shouldn't be too hard. So um, that's, yeah, you can go and look on the, on the Sustainable Development Goals and the United Nations, and you can find out just how big these um, this organisation is within Tokelau. So they're basically running that... Um, that little island nation there and now the healthcare workers in Tokelau are actually responsible to the Samoan Medical Council and um, we are now joined by a midwife who has to keep her identity anonymous at the moment um, and we'd like to bring her on now. Fearless Mama, thank you so much for coming on the program. Now can you just start by uh, telling the audience what your connection to Tokelau is and why you have come on the program today? Okay, Malo need to you too. Um, Kevin and Hannah, thank you so much for this um time to come on your show. I was actually contacted by Mahalino Patelisio, one of the um you know the individuals that's house arrested in Tokelau. Why am I speaking about it? Because I'm actually a descendant of that island, and I'm proud to be. So I'm here to highlight what's happening back home. So what are the, what's the main issue that you have the biggest problem with in this situation? Oh, the main issue is like, okay, so my background is I've been in the health industry for like three decades. I'm being mandated out of my industry, my choice. And I have been standing like two and a half years ago trying to warn my community going on the local community radio. Um, my concerns about the injection. It's not a vaccine, it's an injection. So I have been on my local community on, um, is it the arm of mainstream media, 531? Um, to discuss about my concerns about the injections in general. I've been on there like two, three, four, five times trying to warn it. So um, my concerns is how they, um, I'm not naive. I understand um, Ross O'Dern with the um, New Zealand Navy went there to try and drop these um, injections off. So, you know, um, basic things like informed consent, the Nuremberg Code, all of those things have been ignored. And it's like the cultural aspect where those who are running the island, who are the council, they call it, um, you know, they look to them to say, well, what do you think I should do? So they're, you know, because they're um, um, basically, you know, respecting Russo Dern as the father of that woman down at the hive, um, okay, it must be good because it's coming from New Zealand. So instead of questioning what it's all about, and first of all, which I know you do know, um, there was no cases of COVID there anyway. So, you know, they're isolated there in the Pacific. And yet out this blooming government suggested, um, you know, to, you know, send the, the injections over. I'm, I'm saying vaccines, but it's not a vaccine. And um, so the majority of my people back home in the islands are jabbed apart from those five families that's there. So I'm here to support them. Yeah, yeah I'm really pissed off, actually. Yeah. Yep. Now these, everyone talks of that, you know, all of the, like um, every normal protocol taken to protect people, um, they they will say that the Bill of Rights and documents like that that protect you from coerced medical um, experimentation doesn't apply because there's another section that precedes it saying in the outbreak of a pandemic, it's for your safety and they can basically trot on it. What's your answer to that? Okay, I think you're talking about, you know, um, the umbrella of what this government, plus globally what they're saying, it's an emergency mm. um, situation, which is really, oh, sorry, I, I have to refrain from swearing. I'm just so angry. 
um, that it's not an emergency. I mean, if we had to break it down and simplify it, um, it's not. It's, it's merely just a strain of the flu virus. The COVID um, infection was never isolated, according to Dr. Andrew Kaufman and so many other experts overseas. The, you know, the thing I'm really annoyed about and so appalled and shocked about is my peers, like those other health professionals in the industry, not only in New Zealand, but globally, is like, where is all the science stuff that you've been learning at school? Basic research. Why aren't you looking at, you know, it's... You know, our basic innate immunity is robust enough to fight most infections. But, you know, the bottom line is, Kevin, it's, you know, the agenda, the global agenda that is what's happening is what we should really be focusing on. That's the truth of what's happening today. And and it's shocking that a lot of people that's, um, you know, opted to take this do not know that. What, even after two and a half years with the, you know, the major lockdowns, with the high suicide rates and, you know, with the funeral directors, with, you know, um, ordering these large numbers of children's caskets, you know, that major athletes, the high professionals who are, um, you know, falling on the fields and that. It's like, do you not question that? I do have connections with, you know, a close family member of mine who's a registered nurse at the local A&E at Auckland City Hospital. And she said, oh, we do have people coming into A&E. And the doctors there are made to hush-hush. It's like, don't say it's connected to the vaccine. But do you know what I mean? So they're being hushed down at ground level. So my peers are at ground level, sometimes they maybe may not realise that, you know, the um, objective of this agenda that's going on. They're merely just puppets. Oh, yes, I'm happy I got this work, so I'll just do whatever the government says down the hive. To me, that is so shocking. So, you know, the informed consent, you know, even in the general practitioners, that's where most of us Kiwis go to to get immunised from children, you know, babies upwards. So a lot of my clients who um, in the last five years when I have um, encouraged thorough research and immunisation, that's when I started my research on on the vaccines and the connections to autism. So I say to my client, hey, listen, I have to stay neutral because I am, you know, I cannot tell you my personal view on it. Go and do your research. And if you want to know um, anything, just come back to me and I'll send you some links. A lot of my ladies in the last five years have opted not to immunise their babies, which is more relevant now. So, you know, in my industry, yes, I've been a midwife nearly, what, 30 years? And I've been working as an independent midwife. So, um, you know, the numbers of the high rates of the miscarriages, there's this obstetrician in Australia who who was doing his own little informal um, survey within his, his clinic. And most of the, um, you know, the couples have um, been jabbed and the, the rates from 16% miscarriage um, rate in these fertility clinics has skyrocketed up to 74%, which I know you guys know that. You must know that, do you? You've heard of that one? No? Yeah, yep. there is a, yeah, we, we've got a lot of detail and, and information around this. What about the, um, what about the actual um, rates of birth in Tokelau, have you got any information about whether they've got an increase in stillbirths or whether uh, there's even been any impacts from the jab itself? Okay, first of all, um, you know, um, it's difficult to, I think I'm sort of known, um, you know, they do have their Facebook pages when they're promoting this, um, you know, in general, with the, the, the health and choke. So I do make comments. So I think they're sort of refraining from communicating with me. So it's hard for me to um, make contact with them because, first of all, they probably won't release that sort of information. Or that's one. The second thing is, like, would they even click to know that the rates of the stillbirths or the preterm labours or the miscarriage is related to the injection? There's a high chance they will not. 
you know, they won't connect it, but I know they must see. But when, so was it August? I think August is when it landed in Tokelau, August last year, wasn't it, during that time? So it's now going on a year. So I'm sure they would see back home, depending how many babies are delivering within that time period, they must see the difference of the high rates of, um, you know, the, the miscarriages and the stillbirth, or even sterility itself. You know, couples who are trying to get pregnant and they can't. So, I mean, that's just a small pocket of people um, in, back home. But in New Zealand or globally, those numbers are coming out online. It's a common thing that's happening, yes. Um, deformed, I've seen pictures online with um, midwives in New Zealand who, who leaked it online about deformed placentas, you know. And most of the mothers um, are jabbed in New Zealand. I have ladies still bringing, um, making contact with me. They're looking for midwife. And most of them have been jabbed when I asked them subtly, by the way, have you taken this COVID injection? Oh, yes, I have. It's so rare that they have not taken it. And the only, only ladies who haven't had it are the ones that were under my care before because they sort of um, know the truth about injections in general. Sorry, I'm, I'm going on. Sorry, no, that's all right. And so just important information. Yeah, it is important information to get out. And in regards to um, you being mandated out of your role, um, I guess you've kind of answered why, you know, that why you stood strong because of obviously your research and you knew exactly what was going on. How are you feeling at the moment? And, um, you know, what's your what's your message to, to the New Zealand government for actually putting you in that position that you that you had to choose and you lost your livelihood for that? Um, my message to them, not that I want to communicate with them. I just think they're a bunch of evil. You know, it's like, hello, there are a lot of Kiwis out there who know exactly what you guys are doing. You guys are merely puppets of Klaus Schwab. You guys are just listening to the World Economic Forum. We know that Jacinda was a, um, you know, a graduate from that blooming classroom, you know, with um, Trudeau. And we know all that. It's like, how long are you guys going to continue? I'm just so shocked that they're still in power. I'm so shocked that that's still happening. It's like, what is it with us Kiwis? Are we just so, I know we do have a backbone, but it's like, I'm, I'm surprised that it's still going on. Bloomfield has, has resigned recently, not surprising. Um, the other thing going back to Ross O'Dern, just when we, you know, started highlighting what was happening and, and then he resigned, obviously he didn't want to be pulled up in front of the media. So, um, Basically, um, you know, myself as a long-time serving health professional, it's like, you know, we do know that the, the high numbers of, um, you know, the shortest staff of nurses and midwives and doctors, and, and now they're possibly leaning on people like us to come back in. Not that I would ever want to go and work for them ever again. No way. So... Um, I'm going off track here, Hannah. <laughs> That's all right. One last question. Uh, and now I can relate to this as well because I had to um, protect my work at the time. So I did use a pseudonym and I was anonymous. Can you just make it clear for people who don't understand the level of, um, you know, fear out there to speak up? What, why is it that at this present time, because we, you know, we wanted to get you on, um, yeah, just under a year ago with uh, when this information was coming out with Liz Lambert. And, you know, why is it taking so long for you to actually feel comfortable to speak out and you're still protecting your identity? Just let people know why. 
Um, it's only just recently where I've decided just to remain anonymous. But um, a year ago, I was going hardcore online, and you can see it was my name out there doing interviews on the street outside Rosso Dern. They know it's me. So it's not that I'm in fear. I'm not living in fear. Of course, I'm not living in fear. I, I'm a strong Christian, and I serve the man above. He's the one that's given me the hope and the strength to carry on. And it is God. Who is going to win? I mean, the truth is, the truth needs to come out. It's just, what's happening right now is in the spiritual um, um, realm. So why am I keeping anonymous? Because I'm trying to reestablish myself. I've actually moved out of the big smoke. And the focus is not on my, the focus is my family. And, you know, we've heard from those strong warriors down at the, you know, in Wellington and the convoy, you know, um, what's happened to them, where they're highlighted, where they've had cops knocking on their doors. I mean, I've heard things like that happening. I do not want to take the risk of anyone coming to knock on my door. I mean, you know, I'm trying to stay low at the moment, but I know, I mean, I was standing for a political party two years ago, so I know that if I need to go out and stand again, I know I can. I'm so capable. I'm not in fear at all. It's just because I have dependents, I need to protect their safety just to keep them low. But maybe in the future I will go out there with my name fully out there, but I, you know, if I had the funds and I was able to have bodyguards around me to protect me, sure, but I don't have that at the moment. Yeah. I'm, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much uh, for speaking out on behalf of your people because you care so much about their well-being. Uh, we appreciate you coming on today, Fearless Mama. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Cheers. You know, I find it fascinating that culture is always highlighted as a reason why things go awry. Is solar power part of your culture? Or was it? No. Is um, transport, bridges, roads, Party or culture, internet party or culture, no. Neither is big pharma and genocidal intent and crimes against humanity, which are being performed right here, right now. So all of those who are pushing the, it's not our culture, you don't understand it. If you were here, you would. What a lot of rubbish. It doesn't take someone with one functioning brain cell to realize something's wrong with this picture. You're trying to deny uh, people from going and accessing the very thing nature was created for them. You want to be their gatekeeper. You want to say, oh, well, you will you will make us unsafe, even though we're jabbed to buggery. Come on. It really leaves the mind boggling. And another um, person that feels the same is former mainstream media journalist turned truth journalist from FreeNZ, Liz Gunn. She's also been calling out the mainstream media. Uh, she recently recorded a love letter to the talk allowance because she could see the obvious PR spin that was coming out of Wellington. She wants to assist middle New Zealand to really understand what's going on. The, the ones who are only consuming misleading mainstream media uh, need to see that tyranny, um, the tyranny that's being exerted over these gentle, innocent, humble people in, in the islands um, and how it's all being reworked and uh, spun around. She wants people to cast a critical eye over the spin and her lovely letter can be found at FreeNZ on the Odyssey video streaming platform. We are now joined by Liz Gunn. Okay, now Liz, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to see you again. You've been following this Tokelau story for some time now. Could you just um, give us a, a brief rundown of the facts as you have come to understand them and uh, what, what the most important issues in your opinion are? 
Thanks, Hannah. Look, I, I remember hearing, I think, your first foray into the Tokola story recently. You said you were going to do something on it way back. And I think it was around, you know, the Freedom Village time. Well, the same happened with me. I was going to go back to the Freedom Village in February, early March, and link in with some people who were going to talk to me about Tokola. So it kind of came on my radar. And then so much happened in New Zealand, and we were a bit deluged with helping people here came back on my radar when this wonderful woman, Tracy, in New Zealand reached out. And I spoke to Mahalino, who's just the most magnificent, calm. Uh, he is the definition of a, of a village elder to me. And in fact, he was one of the village elders. And that's an important point, Hannah, because Radio New Zealand has tried to do a PR gutting piece, painting him as a sort of interloper who's just arrived from New Zealand, doesn't know the customs and hasn't, you know, really got any traction there. In fact, he's a village elder. He was a very respected league player as a young man. He's got an amazing mana. He's got an amazing dignity and he's deeply linked into the ancestors. And his view is that very sadly, for whatever reason, have they been lent on from Wellington, many of the so-called leadership are actually betraying the real customs and the real traditions and the real lineage of leadership in the Tokala. So I meet Mahalino online, we do this interview, and here's this gaunt man. I mean, he is gaunt. He's, he's got not an ounce of extra fat on his body with these haunted eyes, but this magnificent kind of quiet dignity where he tells me in the first interview, I absolutely cannot betray myself and my God and my morality and he's telling me about having been locked down for 11 months for simply saying I don't want the jab that is being brought to the Tokolas from the New Zealand government. I don't know enough about it. I don't feel that I have got enough access to make an informed decision and I'm absolutely staunch that I have a right over my own body. So that family, Mahalino and Anna, his beautiful wife, also extremely dignified, they have suffered in mostly silence for almost 11 months. It's just heartbreaking. And they have children who have also suffered enormously. I'll give you an example of that, Hannah. I was told on a tafu that, uh, again, a young girl, mid-teens, was walking home with a boy from school that she was mates with. And the boy's father is supposedly a leader. He drives past, stops the car, demands the boy come to the window, says, you are mixing with a, with a non-jabbed person. You are now to go home and be in isolation and don't you ever mix with her again. This on a tiny Pacific atoll, can I remind everybody, there has been no COVID up there. They were a, a, a society that totally depended on interconnectedness and familial links and societal cohesion. And our, our brutal government in Wellington, under the aegis of Ross Ardern, the father of this prime minister, had, because he was the administrator of Tokola, has rolled out something that has literally torn asunder the societal bonds and fabric, and with that, the human decency of that society. So Mahalino and Anna are still locked up. They said on a Radio New Zealand interview, hey, they're, they're not locked up, really. They can, they can wander. Um, they can climb over their wall and have a swim in the sea. They're not allowed to go in the fishing grounds and get their fish. Um, and they can wander around their garden. So they're not technically locked up. I mean, it was a PR puff piece by Radio New Zealand that has sunk to levels of gutter journalism that I would never, 
ever have thought in my lifetime I would see. They don't even, they don't even cross-examine these people who are doing the government's puffery. They just accept these ridiculous statements. They don't even say, why are you enforcing this? The government is saying to all of us that it was by choice. Surely those people had a choice. Stop locking them down for not being jabbed. They don't even ask that simple journalistic question, Hannah. So I've linked with, Hannah, with Mahalino and Anna on the main island, Nukunonu. And then I've linked with Pastor Tai, who um, is the most dignified, beautiful man. You could see behind his smile, this incredible sadness. They are so worried about their children and the bullying that's going on that they're sending their children away because they're really worried about their mental health. Um, that's on a tafu. And then there's a third atoll where apparently everybody has been jabbed and I would say force jabbed. That's, that's the summary so far. We've reached out, we've told the truth, we've gone to the actual people experiencing it and we're being painted as, you know, the usual disinformation and all the rubbish this government rolls out. But more worryingly is now that I've put out an appeal direct to Kiwis to, to tell them what's going on. Um, there's tremendous bullying happening here in New Zealand because I've had countless messages over the weekend from people saying, Liz, I just, I just did a comment saying I like your, your post and I've had a warning for misinformation from Facebook or I've been told I'll be cut off from Facebook if I share this or Liz, I just can't share this anywhere. Why? I don't know the answer. Well, we all know the answer rampant Chinese level censorship, communist China level censorship in this country. That's my claim and I'll stick by it. You did mention um, mainstream media. As you know, a favourite of ours, not. What they're doing is basically aiding and abetting genocide. They're criminals and they're reporting their lack of ability or even willingness to investigate anything beyond the sustained propaganda the government wants them to push to me is is it should they they should be up on charges as well the thing i the problem i have here is that everything that's happening on that island and because as you rightfully said there was nothing there it's so isolated i don't think a virus would want to swim that far it'd die if it wasn't already dead before it got there you know what i mean and well, not, not the virus, Calvin, that, you know, the one where you have to have your mask on to go into a cafe, but as soon as you sit at the table, the virus leaves you alone. Exactly. That virus wouldn't swim that far. Yeah, because that's an opportunistic one, that one. That's like a little vulture. Is it dead yet? Then I'll go and pick at it. If it's alive, it can't be bothered running. Simple as that. Um, but David Ross Adern, commonly referred to as Ross Adern, again, was there. And it's like the apple doesn't fall far from, or actually the apple doesn't return back to the tree, does it? Because he was the tree that, that spawned the old Satan's princess we have down here. Um, do you think at any stage these people are going to be held to account when all the justice systems are failing? And the thing that annoys me about their ability to be able to push off the uh, Tokelau situation is to always say that the local village elders or, or little what do they call them uh Tupolinga, Tupolinga. Yeah, they apply their local custom i don't remember local custom custom including genocide you see what i mean how how do we get around this how do you break that how do you get someone to take responsibility and not just say oh it's arms length 
I think that what we have to do first is is help the Tokelauans open up their eyes and that that as we were also respectful to Ardern in the early days when she said this was truly a serious virus, you know, we, we went along with it, didn't we, as a nation? New Zealand was fairly compliant. And then the questioners and the thinkers and the ones who who go, something could be very wrong here, they start to speak up and they get berated, but then more speak up, they get more courageous. So we have to help the Tokelans go through that process. And I think that's happening now, Kelvin. I think that because Mahalino and Anna have been so brave, even though it's brutal for them. I mean, after my first interview a week, within a week, I spoke to him again. He had experienced a big rock, a major rock on his roof, thrown suddenly and could have smashed through. Somebody tried to set a fire in a banana plantation, a banana plant outside his house, and they go up like they're very incendiary. And then thirdly, some of those so-called leaders had turned up at the house and said, you're not going to get any internet coverage if you go on reaching out to the world, simply for telling us truth. But what's what happens, I've found, and I know you've found this as well, the more they try to suppress the truth that you tell, the more people look to follow counterspin. Well, it's the same. The more they try to suppress the truths that Mahalino and Anna are putting out and the people on Atafu, the more people are waking up and going, hey, something's really wrong. This should be at least an open discussion. And getting back to your point, Calvin, why is the Radio New Zealand and TV1 network and TV3, why are they not covering the real truth, the other side? Susie Ferguson, I think, uh, did some article or or may have reached out to them. I just saw in the thread comments all the discussions that are online saying, oh, yeah, Susie's right down with um, Jacinda Ardern. And I felt so sad because when I was, you know, um, working in Radio New Zealand and felt it was the nearest thing in those days, 20 years ago, that we had to the BBC, I felt that these standards were really sacrosanct, that we must tell both sides of the stories. And there she is in the flagship program, Morning Report, not even interested not even trusted actually by any of the Tokelans who want their voices heard. They know that they won't get a fair balanced story out of Radio New Zealand. That is a tragedy for the Tokelans and a complete abomination for New Zealand. The answer, I don't know. We have to keep being brave one by one by one standing up, demanding why this government is censoring us so much. Why should we not be allowed to share views on the Tokelans? That's not misinformation. What you guys are doing is, is extraordinary. And whether people like your inflammatory remarks or not, you know, inflammatory remarks can help wake some people up. And so in that way, there's a place for that too. And I will defend free speech, whether I agree with it or not, I will defend it. And I will stand for it in this country. If, if we can't have free speech, we don't have democracy. We don't have democracy. We've, we haven't got a government worth, worth even a bang because they're tyrants. So that's what Kiwis have to wake up to now, and Tokelans. Mm. Yeah, I think I think um, complacency is what got us here, because mm. we've been too nice, no too trusting, yeah, too no trusting. Stood, up, stood their ground and said, "Back off, you pricks!" You know mm. what I mean? With that pricks on the end, because all this nicety stuff, it's just like, "Oh, please don't kill me." Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just dumb. Yeah, well, you know, the, the Tokelans, I mean, one of them seriously said to Radio New Zealand, Her Excellency Jacinda Ardern, Her Excellency, I mean, even if she did have that title, which she doesn't, but 
She does not, she has not earned that title. That's the title you give to someone who you respect and you have reason to respect. This woman has lied to you in the Tokolas. When you watch this, if the, if the Tupulinga are watch, watching this, you too need to wake up because one day you're going to find that she will have betrayed you and said, hey, it was the leadership on the Tokola who rolled all this out, not us, exactly. not us, not our problem, not our responsibility. You can all be angry with your leadership on, on the Tokolas and then we'll all go, hey, wait a minute, Ross Ardern was up there. He was the administrator. Why, why, is, why is that not being sheeted home to the prime minister's father and to the prime minister? We will not forget, lest we forget. You know the great Anzac Day saying, lest we forget. More urgently, we need urgent help for these people. We need to get money in their accounts. We need them to be able to um, have food. And if anybody's got like a satellite phone where they can always be guaranteed to get comms out of there. But most of all, every Kiwi who watches this needs to contact your local politician and say, we demand that this, these families in the Tokelau who've been locked down for not taking a medical procedure be released from their homes. That is absolutely wrong. 11 months of lockdown, it's incredible. I mean, it's, a, it's a, such a flagrant breach of human rights. And I know why they were cutting up my message, my love letter, because I speak the truth and they are at all costs wanting the truth not to get out from the borders of Tokelau, New Zealand, across to Australia, and thereby across to the world, across to Europe, London, across to the American media, any freedom media around the world. If you can please publicize what's happening on this little Pacific atoll, because if you don't, that's what they want to roll out here in New Zealand, lockdowns, enforcement of jabs, br brutality beyond anything we've had, and we've had a lot of brutality. And then they want to take it to Australia and then on to Europe and to America. So if we stop it in the Tokelauts, if we stymie their plans there, if we stand up together as a world population and say no more, then we can all breathe together and say, what is the world we want to create? It certainly isn't the Agenda 2030 world and anything that falls out of that absolute, yeah. absolute criminal vision for a dystopian nightmare world. Awesome. And that's a great note to leave it on, Liz. We know you're super busy covering the, this story and many other important stories in New Zealand. So thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to having you on again soon. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you for what you're doing. And I hope people support you financially as well. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. You know, it's credible. Mainstream media is constantly used to weaponize fear, to build up anxiety, to, do, to uh, create division in order to have everybody as usual argue over issues of no real importance while these people get away with their murderous crimes it's 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 disgusting and then you have people like Mahalino who has to he's a very humble man he has to actually write to those in charge and I'll, let me just read, uh, read the last paragraph because this is powerful if you think about it think of how sad this is in search of a way forward would it be possible to allow us to forage on customary lands across the lagoon in a suitably appropriate periods of time stated by yourselves? Undoubtedly, such a new development would receive favourable media when they hear praising your judicious ruling. The New Zealand government, in turn, would also be happy regarding this. Now, when a man has to basically beg to do something that was provided for him by nature, there is something wrong with this picture. And who gives a stuff if the New Zealand government is happy? Who gives a stuff if those people over there who are going to be the wannabe rulers of the nation are happy? 
They should step aside and let the man feed his family. Let the family go out and do what they've all done. If these people are jabbed up the wazoo, then they should be safe. What the hell are they worried about? Set them free. Hannah. Yeah, again, you know, the mental health strains this must be placing on these people is just unbelievable. Okay, we are now going to be joined by a woman by the name of Dot Watson. She was a registered social worker for 11 years. Uh, she also has a degree in social applied sciences, and she was recently mandated out of her job in New Zealand when she was deemed unemployable when they brought in those jab mandates. So welcome to the show, Dot. Let's just start with, um, if they drop the mandates tomorrow in your um, industry, would you be going back to work? Uh, for me, definitely not. Thank you for having me, guys, on the show. Um, uh, definitely not. One, because the system isn't isn't built, uh, well, to have me in it, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't go back, no. Because how did it make you feel when all of a sudden they basically deemed you, you know, unemployable? Well, at, at the first instance, when I was going for my interviews, I was pretty um, saddened and probably the last one was the biggest. I was actually asked to go to that interview because they wanted to employ me. And um, when we came to the end, you know, I had to have the jab to get the job. And um, I said I wouldn't get it. So... They turned me down, and, and, and admittedly, it was a bit of anger and frustration. But then again, you know, I thought about it later on, and I thought, well, actually, it's your guys' loss. I can still carry on helping people how I want to help them and how they want to help, and which is what I'm doing. So I'm happy about that. I'm just not getting paid. Well, yeah, hopefully. But I love my job. Hopefully that will come uh, as we create the new world that we want to see. Just quickly, can you tell people why you decided not to take the jab? Re-register? Uh, why, you why didn't you want to take the jab to get your job? Like, why did you say no when they offered you the job? Oh, well, um, uh, I believe we have it, that freedom of choice. Like everybody else, you know, but it's the same thing. We have a choice of what goes in our body. We always have, and I don't believe it's a um, vaccination, to be honest, anyway. <clears throat> you know, it, it's not a vaccination, as we know. That's right. Now, um, the people of Tokelau, they are really going mm. through a hard time uh, by, you know, saying no and choosing bodily autonomy. Uh, we brought you on to get an informed opinion, you know, with your background in social work, uh, and we want to start really highlighting the fact that this is going to be affecting not only the adults, uh, you know, and creating mental health issues, but also with the children. What's your opinion mm. and how how will this lockdown of almost a year now be affecting the adults and the children, these families over there? Well, yes, it's the children, isn't it? And this is why we're doing what we're doing. It's for their future. And um, I, I guess that... Um, Children are, are hugely influenced by what they see around them, what's going on in the home, what's going on in the uh, community, but especially the children that have been locked down, you know, have been and, and don't understand why. They've been separated from their friends, um, from um, other relations, and we're all social beings. So to isolate us from all of those other things is, is detrimental to all of us, really. Definitely. Um, and 
the stress that it will be putting on family dynamics as well, I imagine, you know, just when the, the regular routine's gone out the window, they can't actually get off their property. Um, yeah. it, it must be really, really difficult for these families. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's a cultural thing too, isn't it? Um, and that's, that's the biggie here. Uh, the culture's been mixed in with the uh, politics, the bureaucracy, and that's where it's all going so wrong. So And the New Zealand government has such a big push on being kind and caring about um, people's mental health and mental well-being. You know, they had a well-being budget and they've done this big push to recognise the need to, you know, have a holistic kind of approach. But do you think it's all lip service at this point? I mean, are they actually, do they actually care about these people in Tokelau? Well, I don't believe they've cared about them at all, all, any of us at any time. And, and especially because there's no COVID on the island, you know, and uh, now that they want to open up the borders and, uh, you know, this could be their their way of possibly getting the COVID into the, in to justify what they're doing. The other thing um, it would be good to get your comment on is all the bullying. So, um, again, the New Zealand government loves to, you know, we've got all these anti-bullying messages here in New Zealand at the schools, um, and it's there's a really big push in our society to um, treat people well. But what we're hearing is that these people and these children are being bullied and they're being publicly shamed for being unvaccinated and they're not allowed to play with the other children. This is just horrific. It is. And I guess you're going back to the cultural side of things, whether we're Pacifica Fano, they're very deep, deeply ingrained in their cultures. So to have that then cut off from all of that, I can't imagine what that would be like. But, you know, the children are seeing this and they're thinking, oh, my gosh, especially, you know, around the masks and stuff. That's just not natural for children to be wearing a mask. For anyone, really, but, you know, the children. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dot, uh, for giving us your insights. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's just so heartbreaking, Calvin. I mean, these people deserve to be free. They haven't done anything wrong. They are actually, and I must bring this point out, they are being treated worse than criminals. There's no prison in Tokelau. So if you commit a major crime, you get three months house arrest. Those are the criminals. And these people have been in there for almost a year now. They are being treated worse than criminals. So this needs to stop. Jacinda Ardern and your government, you need to let these people free. You need to step in and tell these people that they are not doing the right thing. Now, in lieu of uh, the government not stepping in and the administrator doing absolutely nothing... A team of lawyers is actually uh, getting together to help these people and they are looking to raise $10,000 over the next couple of days to engage a barista. Uh, barista um, to, He's going to make good coffee. To, to commence legal proceedings and uh, they have one willing to help but the money is not there yet and discussions are happening in the pipelines. The other thing is that, uh, as we discussed, as you'll see soon, um, these families are getting 
put uh, that not only are they being bullied online, but they're being they, they get a lot of pressure put on them, and that includes with the internet. So they don't get much access to internet, and it's very very expensive. So uh, in the last wee while, there has been seven hundred and fifty dollars raised for data. So hopefully, uh, you know, the support personnel are hoping that you guys will help them um, with a bit more because at fifty dollars for do two gigabytes, it doesn't last very long. So, um, yeah, well, they see, this is another classic case of <clears throat> of checkbook justice. As usual, you've got to have money to get any sort of justice in this world. And that's why this whole thing's rigged. Everything's rigged. No dough, no, uh, no dough, no go. Yeah, it's I just coined that, by the way, all yeah, by myself. Come up with it just now. It's very um, sad. So what we're going to do now, Calvin, is we're going to actually play some of those interviews that we did last week just so you can um, hear it again. And what we're going to start with is Mahalino's wife, Anna, and her statement to Jacinda Ardern. Which is why this bears repeating. And of course, <clears throat> it's something that you really need to watch with an open your eyes, open your hearts, and feel the pain of this. Hear me, Jacinda. As a native mother of five children and the grandmother of four mokopuna or grandchildren and as a New Zealand citizen in Nupunonu Dokelau, I am calling you out for the mass murderer you have become. Alongside all your fellow classmates from the World Economic Forum so-called leadership groups, now oppressing their people in their countries. Unlike many native mothers and grandmothers without a voice, I find mine while in house arrest for refusing your unsafe and ineffective jabs. I am calling you out as an evil tyrant, unworthy to lead actual humans. I reject your satanic revision of family and gender in education. You are a new age Pacific blackbirder. Not kidnapping able bodies, but causing disabled or dead bodies in order to please your insane and greedy fraudsters. Your system of evil, including the united non-nations of unelected, self-serving private interest bodies of nobodies, have placed authority into hands incapable of providing actual protection to benefit the universal human rights of native people of Tokelau and elsewhere. They obediently bow to instructions from criminals in ivory towers that show zero compassion to the human carnage they are causing. This is my voice crying out on behalf of my long-suffering, voiceless but resistant maternal native women worldwide. So. For the sake of all humanity's future generations on earth, we will 
stand strongly together in truth, freedom, and spiritual well-being. Well, welcome back. That is a really powerful message there. Um, you know, it's something uh, takes a, a person with a lot of bravery and a lot of courage to say that, uh, to call out uh, the powers that shouldn't be in that way, and particularly our Prime Minister. Um, and we are now joined by Anna's husband, um, Mahalino. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on Counterspin. And um, your story is now starting to gain a lot of traction, uh, especially here in New Zealand within the alternative media community. Um, great work being done from Liz Gunn, Chantal Baker, the Daily Examiner. Um, we first heard about this, what, what was <coughs> happening um, through Liz Lambert. And then, of course, you guys contacted us. Um, could you, just for anybody that hasn't heard of your story yet, can you just give a bit of a brief summary about what you've ex been experiencing now for almost a year? Thank you. It's a privilege to be talking on your platform. Thank you. Um, over the last, was well, almost a week away from our anniversary, so to speak, um, since we've been on house arrest, it's been um, <coughs> traumatic. Uh, beneath the surface that we're trying to um, keep calm about the whole situation. But halfway through, probably our um, our situation, we, we decided to speak out. Um, a lot of the things that has been happening, we, we could not make sense of it. And when our, our young daughter became uh, house arrested with us, that really, um, uh, pushed us to the to the edge of um, away from being calm, so calm, because of obvious um, health and mental reasons, we could um, sense the the change. They they basically mentally come away or fallen off from being anywhere near the, the community here. They want to come back to, to New Zealand, to a more uh, familiar place. And that is saddening for uh, Anna and I, basically. And so for the last um, six months from, from the present, we, we've really spoken out and let it all out because this has to stop. And may I add, it's it's not just for us. It's I think we need to to free everybody and not just talk alone. Yeah. But I, I'm really thankful for the team behind us overseas doing most of the work. We really appreciate it. 
Thank you. Yeah, well, your fight is our fight. And, of course, you are on, uh, if, I, if I've got this correct, you're on the island of Nuku Nonu, and you're the only family there, aren't you, that um, decided to stand strong. And um, is it also correct that you were part of the kind of Council of Elders and you actually were going to go and resign because based on your position around um, not wanting to take this experimental vaccine? It's not a vaccine. That is correct. So um, now that you've spoken out and um, your, your wife and your daughter as well, and, and um, what, what has been the pushback like? Because we've actually seen some of the messages that um, are coming through. And it seems like um, apparently not only are you being uh, kind of denied data for your mobile phones and to access the internet, but now you're, you're actually experiencing serious harassment. Is that correct? And, and abuse. We've had two incidents um, happening outside our house plot. Um, in the meeting, it was brought up and it was made clear to me that um, that they did not believe uh, my version of the events. Um, yeah, so for me, the, 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 the meeting was, was basically, uh, a waste of time for me. If I may, I'll just pipe in here. <clears throat> what is your system of law there? As we know, you're administered by remote control, basically from here in New Zealand. Um, Ross Dern was at the helm when all this started so he's got to be culpable for it as well because he should have um been having a lot of the facts and evidence presented i understand there's a doctor over there as well who's an ill-informed uneducated fool going after you all who are standing your ground trying to say that this thing is safe and effective it is not um but we will get to that shortly how is how is the law i do not understand and help us out here understand if such a thing of you being placed under house arrest, which is basically forced imprisonment for something that is not even a crime here, how can they get away with it? How does that actually help? How does that work? My simple um, idea of, of, of the situation here is they basic the council, the local villages were given a a delegation of authority. That's a quote of of what uh, is written. So they basically have the right to make up whatever law they want. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's really I don't really understand it, um, but uh, I missed out mentioning to to uh, is it Hannah? Yes, that's Hannah's right. Question that um, we are now um, allowed 
credit, otherwise we wouldn't be talking. Um, due to uh, a, a miscommunication, we were told. Uh, um, so we we yeah, whatever they're arguing about, we're, we're glad we got some more um, access to talk to you. Excellent. And I think uh, what we'll do is we will get um, the details of the groups that are supporting you so we can put the bank details down in our description because uh, I think people need to get behind you and make sure that you can keep getting your voice out at least, uh, if not helping with anything else that you need. Now, Danny, I think it'd be great to bring you on at this point because uh, from, from what we understand is you are over in Australia um, and like a group over here, you have been desperately trying to uh, help get these voices out, get these stories told, because it's just an absolute travesty what's going on. When did you start getting involved and why? All right, this is going back. Oh, first of all, let me say uh, thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Calvin. Uh, thank you, Counterspin, for allowing this voice, these this story to go out. Uh, and I think uh, with what Mahalino has just mentioned, how they to make out that it was just a, a communication error. It's actually, it's because of the pressure that's coming from the outside, looking in on, on the story and how ridiculous that these guys are being treated in this way. And uh, uh, so just, I just wanted to say that before I answer your question. So back in uh, last year, around July, we got a call from the pastor's uh, Ty and Julie uh, informing us that they're bringing the Pfizer in and that uh, they're going to require everybody to get vaccinated or so-called vaccinated. And uh, But uh, they wanted to know what what our opinion was. But we actually said, listen, we don't want you to go by what we, we want, what our opinion is. We want you to find out from what the big guy upstairs is saying to you and he'll be able to give you some clear direction. They, they called us back and they let us know, listen, we, we, we've been told by the big guy that uh, we're not going to take it. And I says, all right, then you've got to stand firm on that. It's like uh, what you decide uh, should be your choice, your body. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. But, but uh, so that's that. Uh, so that, those guys, that's Pastor Letty's brother and sister-in-law in, in Atahu. Uh, but uh, they haven't actually started a church over there, but they're just being part of the community. But now because of their decision not to get the, the stabbing, we call it the stabbing, because uh, these people, a lot of people have died from it. And uh, the, the people that have, uh, have been trying to say, no, it's good, it's good, they don't want to look at the other side, at the, at the, at the statistics of how many people have died from this. Absolutely. Anyway, and so... The, um, uh, so, so you're over in Australia and you're you're trying to get these stories out into mainstream and alternative media platforms over in Australia. Have you had have you had much traction over in Australia at this point? We we have had a little bit of traction. Uh, like uh, when we came on um, before Australia came out with it, they, they heard it from uh, Talanoa Sao, which is from um, they. The, 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 Kay was the first one that in New Zealand that heard from us, but then we went, went on to North Sao and uh, they were they were able to expose it more to the Pacific people. And uh, when they heard it, it was like, what? What's, that can't be, surely. 
madness. Yeah, it's absolute madness. So uh, we're going to try and reach out to the people that we know in the UK and in America because this is a really, really big story and people need to understand how ruthless these people are at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I think it's good now if we... Um, did you have any questions for Danny, actually, Calvin, before we move on to Letty? Well, there's a couple of observations and a question, actually. If, if they believed their jabs worked, why would they worry about a couple of rebels who didn't mm -hmm. want to take it? So that there's got to be ringing alarm bells for a start. Exactly. Uh, secondly, as we said, it's all based on a con. It's a lie. There's no science to support it. So what are they really trying to do? Depopulate the islands? Are they trying to take it, those adults, for some reason? You well, know, you're, you're meant to be underwater. Climate change. <laughs> you're meant to be underwater already. So, uh, you know, by hook or by crook, they sound like they want to get rid of you. What's your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, is uh, a few years ago, many years ago, this is another story, but when they got rid of Swain's Island, somebody got paid. And I'm just thinking outside the box here is I think this, because it's not the whole, um, it's not the whole leadership of Tokelau or like for Atahu or for Nukunonu, it's just maybe one or two that are causing everybody to go their way in regards to uh, forcing this mandate down and uh, trying to put these people under the thumb because now it's a power trip that they don't like that uh, they've been uh, stood up against. But yet, uh, you know, the human rights here have been just trod on and, uh, and they don't want to acknowledge it. Yeah, no, we agree. And they've actually, we have absolute evidence over here that just like the, the Māori over here, there are certain so-called wannabe elites who are getting paid handsomely to basically kill their own people. And that's basically what's happening there as well. There's always, you always give people to turn on themselves and that way you've got a hands, a hands um, or an arm's length from the um, trouble so it doesn't come back on you. So I really admire you guys. Stan, we will get your story out. We'll push it as far and wide as we can. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, Letty, we'll bring you on. Now, if I've got this right, you are um, Pastor Ty's uh, brother, and he is on uh, the island of Atafu, and there are um, a few more families there, as we understand, who are standing uh, firm in their choice not to um, take this stab uh, because, uh, yeah, the, the uh, Nuku, Nuku, what's it, what is it? Nuku? Noku Nonu, <laughs> on Noku Nonu, sorry, there's only one family, which like Calvin was saying, if they were that sure of uh, their belief in the stab, then one family uh, surely shouldn't make a difference. But from what we gather um, in Atafu, there, there was issues with, you know, they had them locked down and then they started giving them their freedoms back. And then people started talking to each other in the community and they started sharing information. So what can you tell us about um, Atafu and, and what's happening there? You know, I think at one point, um, perhaps they might have a leg to stand on and plead ignorance. But at this point, in light of, you know, New Zealand relaxing and dropping mandates altogether, um, at this point, just absolute arrogance. Yeah. You know, because like uh, Calvin said, there's uh, zero cases on the island. And so why should why should it be mandated you know it's a for one it's, it's experimental and two uh their con their quote-unquote concerns are unfounded because again there are no cases zero cases so what are they afraid of uh i think at this point it's just a power struggle and wanting to subdue and and beat uh these these ones to submission simply for uh questioning the narrative and and raising their concerns do you have lawyers helping you over there to take this case? 
Uh, there's uh, background uh, work um, underway, so we're, we're talking to, to, to a few people. Now you have um, a gov your governing structure is quite unique, um, but I've you know in, in over over on the islands um, because you have like I said you've got a remote control overlord here in New Zealand, of course. Um, why I don't know. I mean, you can you've been getting it wrong fine without these pricks, but um, also you have a local setup that's um, still like we had over here with the old hapu or, or local borough council type setups where you've got a few people who are elected or whatever or agreed that they will run the affairs of the village and um, act in accordance with and should be on behalf of the people in their best interests. But by the looks of it, it's been hijacked and someone has been given wrong information and they're using that influence, whether it's through fear, through ignorance or through corruption. But either way, no matter which way you slice it, your people are being harmed. And I don't understand how this is allowed to continue. Is there a way to wrest the power back from them and put it into some the hands of some sane people? Well, as you were saying uh, before, uh, Ross Ardern resigned. Uh, he was aware of the situation. So he's, uh, like you said, he was culpable here. He has some responsibility and he should have, you know, made it, you know, uh, kind of enforced and, and, and made a stand and, and said something, you know, officially. But uh, as we know, he resigned uh, while this case was still underway, and he's nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be heard, apparently. So, and I'm also surprised that Chris Farfoy, the former minister over here of the New Zealand government, wasn't jumping up and down and uh, screaming from the rooftops because he's a he's from there, is he not? Right, he is. Uh, but as you say, there are a lot of factors on under under play. There's a uh, uh, a hint at corruption and, and amongst other stuff. So, man, your guess is just as good as mine. Yeah, you've got to ask the question. I mean, the question begs to be asked. This has all happened just like in New Zealand. New Zealand's getting crushed under the Ardern um, feudership. And, of course, Ross Ardern, her father, um, administering at the time you people started going under the thumb as well. Uh, there's a whole lot of questions around Adern, not only because the economy's getting wrecked and yours, obviously, they've, they've come in there with, as usual, trinkets and a lolly scramble for the sustainable development they're meant to be doing their four-year plan. I've read it all. And, of course, targeting is COVID-19 and climate change, funnily enough. It seems to be the two things being used to subjugate the world. You're yeah. no different. Um, but there is there any note? Do you think... If the money was tracked, because if someone of those will have bank accounts, surely someone can find out who suddenly got a new premises, who suddenly you know got offshore accounts, because usually they get offshore accounts and then they go overseas and spend it. But um, do you know if there's any uh, identifiable corruption that we could look at and investigate and expose? To be honest, I'm not too sure. Like they could very well be, but I, I personally, I think it's really a power struggle. Yeah. Uh, because uh, the the islands are governed by elders, right? So each elders who are in the council represent the families on the island, and so together they uh, they uh, make the decisions and and make the rulings for for the island. And so to have people question, because this hasn't been done before, to really question the narrative and and push against it, really hasn't been done. And so uh, for this to happen for the first time, I think it's really it has been a shock to them, and so they don't like it, and so. Like I said, it, it becomes a, 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 
like a subjugation thing where they just want to kind of beat them to submission and you know subdue them because yeah. they don't like people questioning the narrative and when people do question the narrative uh, there's a fear otherwise there would have been more people speaking out but because there is a fear of of uh you know being kind of ostracized and 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 attacked for for speaking out yeah and do you know something if this was a different situation new zealand was not the overlords of tokolau um and there was oil discovered in your area, they would be only too happy to invade the place and liberate you. But because you have no significance to them, no uh, strategic importance, they don't mind if you're rotten hell. Well, we're pretty much guinea pigs at this point, hey? Yeah, exactly. Hannah? Yeah, so um, I just wanted to ask one more uh, question of you, Ty. Uh, sorry, Letty. Um, has your brother, Ty, uh, reported to you uh, from Atafu about any deaths that they are seeing or kind of is there are there any abnormalities are, are, are people having adverse reactions are, are, is there is there anybody keeping track of all those types of things i haven't heard from my brother uh, personally about that but i hear there are people from uh, the islands from atahu um seeking medical help uh, in new zealand so a lot of them have kind of uh made the journey to new zealand to seek uh, medical help and i uh, suspect that's for that for that reason for the jab Wow. Okay. So, were, so, <clears throat> so just to get this out out there, <clears throat> prior to the introduction of the the Satan stab, uh, Jacinda's jab, um, these people were, by all accounts, fit and healthy. Pretty much. Right? Yeah. Okay. See, they they they're just we we've got it here as well. Um, mainstream media won't cover it. It's not part of the agenda um, because it will um, basically stop the flow of the money because it's all about money. It's all, as you say, power uh, over here anyway. It all comes up with the almighty dollar. So fit and healthy before the stab started, all of a sudden everyone, you know, a lot of people starting to receive medical treatment. And we have heard of other sources from there coming in that um, uh, abnormalities or uh, loss of births, um, not, a good, not a good situation to be in at all, all around for use. Even the people who have gone along and got the uh, jab, you know, some of them would have done it through fear. And those are the people I feel the most sorry for, because not only did they, um, are they uh, the weaponization of fear, but they've now got something in them that could, whether it's in a couple of weeks or within three to five years, is going to kill them. Yeah. I, I hear there are, are a number of deaths in the Tagalogan community abroad, particularly there in the, uh, New Zealand. Um, and some of them, them young, uh, mostly from heart attacks. So uh, I don't know if they're connecting the dots or whether they're just uh, yeah, we hope so. Ignorant about it, but uh, yeah. Awesome, thanks, Lady. Now we just want to um, come back to you, Danny, because apparently um, it's is it your wife Sarah who has been getting a lot of uh, online abuse from people? Yeah, sorry about that. Yes, and uh, from the Tapulenga, uh, the doctor over there in, 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 uh, in Atahu was like uh, absolutely atrocious. The, 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 the rubbish that she said she sent against my wife. Uh, also, you know, because they uh, one guy that told us when, when he said. Uh, that these maggots that are that are going to bring danger to the people 
of, of Dr. Lau, uh, he's, he, he was calling them maggots to dehumanize them so that they can actually do a bit more, I reckon, because to, to, to and, and uh, <laughs> that guy who said that, I, I know him very well. And but he 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 comes under he he, uh, he he goes and uses these different profile uh, Facebook fake pages that uh, and he comes to attack us and stalk us. But it's like uh, we know who he is, and uh, the day's coming for recompense, and you'll be held accountable for these this rubbish that you're throwing at us and def <laughs> and defamation. Look, I really believe that. Uh, these, these guys will be held accountable for that. And it's like, hey, look out. Judgment's coming. Yeah. We're, we're looking at some of the screenshots of the, um, it's not available to the audience yet, but uh, we've been looking at some of the screenshots of the abuse that's been given um, on this, like the old FU with the thumbs up, um, the yeah. name. Uh, what's it? Can you get it? I want to see the name of the doctor. Hannah Letu. Dr. Hannah Letu. If that is definitely from that woman, person, whatever. Yeah. Um, now, she doesn't have a good record of that. A lot of people actually want to, uh, or that we have heard that want to actually lay a complaint against her, but nothing can be sort of said or done about her practice because of the way she treats people and she's supposed to be there for the people to treat the people but she's absolutely just running her own show it's like a circus to me when i hear it who's, who's she got a medical license with or registration with it'd be new zealand wouldn't it that'll be interesting if you can find that out yeah come on yeah well we'll, we'll actually look into that because because the medical council here is as corrupt as anything so you know whether we can try to get some hold and Something done remains to be seen. But as far as we're concerned, the medical council here should be up on charges along with Jacinda Ardern and the rest for murder. Um, so if we can find out if she's actually registered or the, a license, her medical license is here, then we'll try to do our best to have it taken off her. Because what we're seeing in the evidence that's come through is disgusting. She should not be in a position to trust holding that type of animosity for anybody. Exactly. I see it, Colin. Yeah, and we've also um, put in some official information act requests uh, just just to find out exactly how much money has gone uh, to the administrators and 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 the local council in Tukalau. I mean, we don't know exactly how these things work. Uh, how much money have they received for the whole COVID? Um, not only the the stab rollout, but you know the 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 kind of testing. And I don't know have they, have they been testing over there? Have they been has there been a big propaganda campaign? I mean, I know they all stab on the same day as one one yeah. big group, but ha, how has the propaganda been? So they get the leadership, the Topolanga, to get everybody in alignment to actually go in and get their stab on the same day. And those that didn't, then they come, they turn the people against them. Yeah. They community against them and they ostracize them and then make them look like the you know pastor pastor ty and julie and uh and say over there and um benna yeah and benna uh, another guy who's been getting the hammer over there for just saying no let me say to you that um that these guys have been absolutely smashed by the topolanga but not all of them you see it's just a the few that are having to uh, lead, it reminds me of Hitler. 
in the days of Germany, you know, when he led this onslaught against the world. It's like uh, he was just a, had a small minority group, but he led the whole lot of people into this rubbish. But it's like uh, this is what's happening. And these few people are just almost like scaring the others to follow their lead. But I'm wondering, hey, who's getting paid here? Is there anyone getting paid here? That's the question I'd really love to be, uh, you know, find out the answers to. Exactly. And it, is, and it is the same tactics being rolled out across the world. Believe me, if you have a look at Event 201 and then you have a look at uh, uh, an exercise called SPARS, S-P-A-R-S. You can find the document. Still go and have a look at it. It tells you exactly the tactics they're going to use. Creating non-governmental organizations and so-called disinformation centers like we have over here, led by an idiot called Kate Hanna, who wouldn't know shit from clay. Um, and, of course, these people are well-funded to try to suppress any logical, evidence-based factual um, information coming out to the rest of the public while the agenda's rolled out. So that's all there. They're, they're doing to you exactly what they did here. They have the people uh, attack the people, and that way, while they're all busy arguing, the government carries on and the agenda rolls out unabated. It's actually quite very intricate in its design, and if it wasn't so tragic, it would actually be, um, well, you'd admire it almost. Mm. Yeah, I all right. Well, um, we're going to now go to Mahalino again one more time. Mahalino, if you're still there, um, are you able to turn your camera on? Because we just really want to know now um, what can the people of New Zealand and the people of the world actually do yeah. uh, to support you on Nukununu and also uh, the rest of the families on Atafu who who are all just standing so, so strong and in, in, in in, in the face of adversity and uh, you've had your worlds shrink down so small. What, what can we do? List of priorities. How can we help? Priority one, lose the government. Brilliant. Priority two, get rid of the government. <laughs> <laughs> and priority three C1 and two <laughs> so and and um, what about personally how are you guys going have you, have you got what you need at the moment or is it hard to get food are, I mean are they are they trying to kind of <clears throat> punish you in other ways like I mean they put this whole data thing down to a miscommunication is there anything else any other dirty tricks that they've that they've pulled out at, so far? We're we're blessed with with food. They haven't tried that trick yet. Um, they they do uh, uh, restrict us from from getting our own supplies and being more independent. They don't want us to be that. So. Um, yeah, we're we're waiting for the next uh, lot of tricks. So you're not allowed to go fishing, or you're not allowed to go and and gather food, maybe in your more traditional means. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, we've we've put in a request uh, to the council uh, some months ago, and and the silence is deafening. Wow. So you're, you're literally just housebound. You're not allowed to even go uh, to your back door, which, as I understand, is literally um, the ocean. 
and uh, you're not even allowed to go and look after yourself and sustain yourself. No, but uh, we, we are allowed to go and swim um, uh, in, in, the, in the lagoon. Um, we, we do get uh, donations of food from uh, generous families. And uh, I still get my pension uh, and uh, our share of uh, food distributions they occasionally have. Um, so we're, we're not desperate, just um, for, for data when we need them. All right. Well, we um, really salute you and uh, your family for standing by your convictions and uh, for speaking out because it, it's, I cannot even imagine what it's like, um, you know. It, I mean, it was terrible enough here in New Zealand, but uh, we've been released from our, our hell in some ways, but I suppose... For five seconds. Yeah, until the next round starts. Um, so yeah. we, we will continue to get the story out and we'll work with all the other people that we know that are getting all behind you. Uh, Danny, maybe uh, let's ask you one more, one more question. What, from your point of view, what can people do now uh, to help? Because, you know, it's people, yeah. Kiwis and people all around the world just want to help each other. Take a boat, let's invade the place and free them. <laughs> Let me say that... Uh... These guys in Tokelau will not ask for any money handouts, but I know they need help. We've tried to send them what money we can over the uh, few months, but it's like, uh, but if if, uh, if people can help them financially to get more data, because we don't know how long this is going to go on for. And, uh, and usually when you're stuck to just fish, because that's all they give you pretty much from what the, uh, the Topolanga hand out there, it's like, uh, no, actually, they have a shop there that can, uh, if they have money, they can buy things that they need. And uh, so if you look at uh, Mahalino and Anna and, and their kids, and you look at um, Pastor Ty and Julie and their kids, they got a few kids too, and Say and Scott and their kids, and uh, there's there's others as well. There's others that, uh, that have started to stand because of various reasons because of the stabbing that's uh and they're seeing they're seeing outcomes that they didn't like that's why they stood against it for the second second shot well hang in there guys cavalry's on its way um ah. you'll find this will build and our pressure will be put on now from all sides and credit to free and zettler's gun uh um the daily examiner of course um uh who are the others and Chantal Baker and Chantal Billy Baker. TK back then and, yep. and Liz Lambert. That's you know, right. They've all been uh, trying to get your story out. Letty, is there anything else that you uh, feel needs to be said before we wrap this up and uh, don't waste too much more of Mahalino's data? <laughs> you know, it's good, I think, uh, just to uh, get the story out. Uh, it's, it's bringing pressure to the Topolanga and uh, I think we've been uh, seeing victories for that reason. They, they don't like pressure, so uh, I say get the story out even more and uh, share it far and wide. Awesome. Well, the counterspin tsunami of change is coming because the people here, believe me, when they are together, they are a machine to be reckoned with and nothing can stop them. Awesome. Hey! Oh.
Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your patience, guys. Thanks, Mahalino, uh, for joining us and uh, sending lots of love to uh, you and your family over there. And uh, please, all of you, just keep in touch. And um, if there's anything else, any time you need us to get out, uh, we will do our best to do that. And uh, we'll try and try and get some platforms even further abroad on the other side of the country, on the other side of the world, so that um, it's it, we need to we need to break the spell of this Jacinda Ardern, don't we? Her, her yep. pixie dust is wearing out. Yeah, and keep the faith. Believe me, there are more of us than there are of them, and we are going to win this. Awesome. Love you, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, All right. You're most welcome. Have a good night. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks to all of you who joined us tonight uh, to bring us the show. Thanks to all of you for watching. And thanks to all of you behind the scenes who make this possible. Please note, we are still looking for a video editor with editing skills. Uh, so if you do have those skills, please contact us, info at counterspinmedia.com. Also, we'd like to thank Ouchie Powder for bringing this episode to you. If you have any cuts, grazes, anything like that, if your animals do, if your children do, this is a natural remedy and uh, can be put directly onto any um, grazes so that the blood coagulates faster and it heals faster. If you'd like some ouchie powder, please message us at merch at counterspinmedia.com and we'll send that right out to you. And of course, if you have any donations for the Tokelau family, you can find that in the description below. Kelvin. Okay, we want to also thank Kiwi Voice. We want to thank Free and Z, Daily Telegraph, Talanoa Sa'o, Chantal Baker, and all the others who broke this story. It wasn't break story, but and accumulated in the ability to spread this story out into the world. Please share the content, put it into the digital battlefield, and send it on because this is a war on you. It's a war on information. It's a war on your mind and on your spirit. It's one we do intend to win. Um, if in regards to the video editor. We need you to be plug and play. Okay, we haven't got time, unfortunately, because you're not well resourced in order to be able to school you up. You must have the ability to be able to slot in and start straight away to help us bring this content. You are our boss. We do need your support. So if we can have anything, any donations that you uh, feel um, like you'd like to give, an automatic payment, cup of coffee a week, whatever, send it. It all helps. We want to be able to um, increase the content uh, increase the ability to research and increase the ability to hunt down these genocidal little maniacs, hold them to account, and of course, bring you the information worth bringing only facts and evidence. Because to this day, we still haven't been proved wrong. I still want to see this unredacted Pfizer contract, which will be the downfall of this government, I can tell you now. And of course, I want to know that the people on Tokelo are meant to be New Zealand citizens, therefore the Bill of Rights should apply. But how? Some legal nuance means it doesn't because they can overrule that and the way it's all structured and it's, it's like a tangled web of deceit and mess. Mind you, the Bill of Rights doesn't apply here in New Zealand either, does it? I mean, that's trampled on at will by all the courts and the government can change the rules when it wants. We're in a crack system and we ain't got the glue to put that back together. So let's just pull this one down create another one it's like we've got a car that's damaged it's out of control you've got a drunk driver behind it the gps is on the fritz the tires are down pull it over pump the tires up bit of body work reset the gps or put a new one in there set your direction and put some sane one at the helm to get us where we're going so thanks very much for joining us people really appreciate it we will continue with your support and we ain't out yet see you next time
You can find Counterspin, New Zealand's media revolution, at counterspinmedia.com. And now, on the InfoWars Network, at band.video. It's okay, Mama will fix it. Simply shake algae powder directly onto the wound. The natural antibiotic properties of algae powder will sterilize the wound. Once the powder is applied, wait a few seconds while the algae powder absorbs the excess blood and forms a protective layer sealing the wound. Thanks, Mum. Can I go play now? Algae powder fixes wounds fast. <laughs> 